Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome. This is the Love Rugby League Weekly. I've got to make sure I get the right one in because I'm in a, we, we've we've in a never really decided the name, have we, properly? But yeah, it so seems to have caught on. This, well, after two years. It's, <laughs> got, two, it's got stuck, hasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, we are in association with our sponsors. But Fred, delighted to be joined by James. James in plural <laughs> today. We've got James Messenger, James Gordon. And um, first of all, before we get cracking with uh, quite a packed show, uh, what's on site that people can peruse? We've got loads on site. We've got a good gossip column this week. Um, I've been manning the fort on my own because Drew's been on his jolly, so um, I've been working hard this week for a change. I know, uh, I know he's in the background, actually. Yeah, he's, that, he's got that much, to ca- yeah, he's that much to catch up on, is it? Um, we've got News England have been invited to play in the, uh, in the 2020 European Championship. That's gone on this morning. Um, Drew's working on an expansionist blog, actually, as we speak. We've got all the, uh, all the regular... Bits and bobs that we normally have, Dave. Rugby League today's going down a treat at the moment. Um, I'm trying to think what else. The Final Podcast was also Final Podcast, Championship Expansion is another um, topic that's being covered on the site this week. Is this expansion or is this game contraction? We're going to be discussing this in a little bit of time. Expansion in number of teams, shall we say. We've got slightly differing views as per normal. <laughs> um, James is here to add some sort of semblance of normality because me and, me and James will just end up bickering like old women. Okay, at least I'm not in the middle this week. It's like, like watching ping pong can, like can, all the can time. We have, can we have a mention? This is, this is, I don't know if you can see this table on the camera. But this is basically where Drew dumps all of his programmes. Oh, I've got some games. my pen there as well. Oh, your pen. <laughs> so, so we've got, there's a lot of Wigan Warriors programmes on here. We've got 4020 magazine. We've got the papers. But I want it, I've just added a couple of mine. The New Camp. The programme from the New Camp. You might as well just um, go. The programme from the New Camp. Yeah, programme from the New, the new camp. camp. And then Magic Weekend programme. Uh, which, of course, the Magic Weekend programme. Edited by a friend of ours here at the pot. At Love Rugby League HQ, Ian Shuvo. There you go. He never asked me. Come on, no, Super League, though, Dave. Come on, Ian. Spread it round. I mean, I know lots about rugby league. Super League's not your bag, though, is it, Dave? It's all my bag. It's all my bag. I've got a general, a general gist. Right, okay. Let's uh, cr
with Betfred League 1, so a quick run through the results from last week. Coventry Bears 18, North Wales Crusaders 34, Doncaster 54, West Wales Raiders 0, Heathley Cougars 12, Oldham 52, Newcastle Thunder 18, Hunslet 32, and Whitehaven 32, London Scholars 6. If I could come to you, James, because last week we were talking about League 1, weren't we? Yeah. And we were talking regarding what we thought, because that was a top-of-the-table clash, really, between Whitehaven and London Scholars. Mm. That's quite a resounding victory in the end, really, isn't it, for, for Whitehaven? It's probably a bigger victory than we might have expected. As we've said, they've, they've sort of been leading the way in, the, in League One this year and said how competitive the whole league is. And even last week when we were speaking, we were saying, right, there won't be a lot in this. And then to get to get a win like that will do the confidence, the world are good. And you wonder if they can kick on from that now, because I don't know what the, the gap is at the top of the table now, but I'm guessing a few more wins and maybe they can try and establish that gap which has not really been in League One so far this year. It was, it was 6 all at half-time though, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what you call it. A, a second-half <laughs> uh, second showing, isn't it, from Whitehaven? Mm. Um, yeah, you're quite right when you mentioned there about there's not been too much between a lot of the teams at the top of that division. Whitehaven currently have 15 points. They played a game less than London Scholars who were second with 13. Then you have the likes of Oldham, Hunslow, Newcastle and Doncaster making up the rest of the playoff. I mean, it's quite an important year to get promoted, isn't it? I mean, with all the uncertainty of what's happening, um, you know, stuff like that, it's quite a big year to get to get promoted. And obviously, the fact scholars up there, no one would have predicted predicted that they'd be up there. And obviously, the Cumbrian teams will be, will be desperate to to go up as well. And you know, Hunslet have had a decent start, haven't they? So I'm really pleased to see the likes of London scholars progress at that level um, and Newcastle as well they're, they're starting to create their own players and they've got their own pathways and what's happened with scholars do we think it's the Toronto effect you know is there they get have they got a bit more money behind them now is that I don't think so because it's largely the same players but mm. they have they have managed to introduce one or two extras they've got a bit of a dual partnership going on with London Broncos mm. um, whereas London Broncos were kind of spreading their talent over the last couple of years between sort of Hemel as well mm. uh, and Oxford Obviously, them two clubs aren't anywhere near the league as we speak. Construction day. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, always something that I don't like to talk about, really. Um, let, let us let us sort of move on from that because uh, this coming weekend there is absolutely no fixtures in League One. It takes a backseat because of the eighteen ninety five cup. Um, so, and one team guaranteed to be in the quarterfinals because Oldham played Doncaster. So there's at least one League One team going to be in the. Uh, the quarterfinals of the 1895 Cup. That's right. Um, but there's been something that I saw, and I know you've seen it because you, you put an article together on it um, midweek from, uh, is it Andrew Chalmers? Yeah, who's yeah. The, uh, the, the guy at uh, Bradford, Bradford who's been very outspoken. Uh, He's good for, he is good for, for a quote, to be fair. He talks rubbish. <laughs> he talks absolutely rubbish. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously that's a matter of opinion, but yeah. Uh, but he's mentioned mergers. Yeah. Um, and, and we were having a discussion before we got started, which got quite heated at one no, point. I, I, uh, regarding the future of League One, so here you go. Well, we under the well, bus well, first of all. well, I mean, obviously, there's a concern that the funding's being withdrawn, and um, clubs aren't going to be able to compete at that level. And there's obviously a bit of uncertainty that, well, everyone's uncertain, aren't they? No one really knows what's going to happen. And is it a case of uh, is League One going to be able to continue to operate at the level that it is? That it is now. But you were suggesting two divisions of 16 like what Andrew suggested as well. Well, sort you? of, I think, I sort of think that you have Super League and Championship would be the two pro leagues, if you like, and then 
anyone else goes to join either the Southern Conference or National Conference League, whatever you whatever you want to be. And obviously, you know, I know what you're gonna say, it's it's how do you get to the point where you choose which teams are being mm. kept and which aren't. I mean in some ways, is there an argument to say, would you be better having a larger championship like, you know, back in the you know, in the second division days where well, it did operate with eighteen yeah, teams yeah. on more than one occasion. Yeah, and you know you know, like Northern Four Premiership days is is there an argument to go back, you know, contract the salary cap a little bit downwards and and, and box it? I think the the thing at the moment is you've got you've probably got League One's an interesting one because you've got these sort of organic expansion clubs like Newcastle, London, Coventry. Yeah, you're doing some wonderful stuff. North, North Wales to be fair, mm-hmm. you know, as well. You've got younger new clubs like West Wales ish and you know, or through potentially next season. But then also you've got these surplus Heartlands teams, if you like, which are effectively the four or five remaining Heartlands teams that there's not enough room for in the championship, which is ultimately what it is, isn't it? Doncaster, Whitehaven, Workton, Oldham, Hunslet, Keighley. Then, then ultimately those teams are basically ended up where they are because, say, Toulouse, Toronto, Catalan have progressed up, which has knocked them down a little bit. We kind of mentioned this in a roundabout way last week, didn't we? Yeah. Just with regards, um, particularly Keithley, because they opted to uh, terminate the contract to Craig Lingard. Yeah. Um, and everybody's wondering what this future holds. And that seemed a bit of a surprise. Well, Keithley now, by the way, have, uh, they've gone right back to full 90 style. They've got Phil Larder, who's gone back in there as a coaching consultant. So that's an interesting move for Saturday. Definitely, but then you, you look at some of the League One teams and going forward in the next couple of years, you can see a lot of them struggling financially in it. How do they get around that issue? The, the talk about maybe bringing some of them up to the Championship, it could work, but then you have to think about the quality of the Championship. If you brought four or five or six teams up, do you think that maybe diminishes the, the quality of the competition? Because that's one thing that we've, we've kind of enjoyed this year. We've spoken about it a lot, Dave, where in the Championship anyone can beat anyone. Mm. There's competition at the top, there's competition in the middle, and there's competition at the bottom as well. Right, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto, obviously, they're just, they're just in a class of their own at the minute. But then you, you, wonder, you wonder where it goes if, if you brought in a few more clubs, whether the, the thing that's made the championship so appealing this year is kind of being eroded just to shoehorn more teams in. I think, I mean, what a point of that, it, was, it, was it Oldham, did Oldham beat, so it beat someone's, a League One team beating the championship team this season, haven't they, in the, in the Challenge Cup? I'm trying to remember who it was. Yeah, I mean, was it White? Was it White? Exactly. I don't think there's a massive amount between the teams. You look at York this season. Certainly not the top four, four or five. Yeah, yeah bottom, you look at York. Three or four of the championship. You look right. at York have come up this season and a third in championship, having been in League One last season. Um, obviously, the Keithley thing, I think everybody knows they need to, you, a bit like we were talking about, well, which team would you choose? To be in the championship, you're better off being in the championship, aren't you? Ultimately, yeah. oh, definitely. Uh, Lewis Banks has joined us again. Thank you very much, Lewis. He's suggesting, or he's asking the question: Would you perhaps bring in licensing for the championship? Well, well, we were just having this debate where you know I, I wouldn't. I, I mean, I think culling teams is a harsh way of putting it. You chose a I, couple of names yeah, of teams. Yeah, I, I, I think there's, there's like, probably yeah, there's like to see maybe te- drop out of the yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. There's probably teams that. If you were, if say, if you if you were given the list of twenty eight teams, how many there are, and you had to pick sixteen, mm-hmm. you know there would be you'd pick certain ones, wouldn't you? So maybe there's the argument to say, well, 
okay, we'll, we'll put a bit like we're licensing, we'll put some stipulations in and say, right, they need to have this number of average fans, you know, this amount of, they've got to commit this amount of money to spend, whatever. I think a, an important thing to, to say as well is the salary cap got elasticated to accommodate Toronto and, and all that. And will it stay elasticated? Well, it would appear that, to recover. Well, that's, well, you'd imagine that's going to happen, but the problem you have with that is that, say, Lee, and even win this to an extent next season, have got this massive headspace to basically overspend to get into Super League, and I, I, I just think that's a bit anti... It, it sort of removes the purpose of the salary cap, whereas if you if you reduce the salary cap, say you made the salary cap half a million or whatever... Which it and, was, once upon a yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and, and, no, and no one could spend more than that. You then don't get the top clubs... Hoovering up all the best players, mm. you have a little, and that then maybe links to what James said about expanding the league a little bit. That the spread of quality goes wider, you know, wider across the league. I mean, it's a conversation that isn't just exclusive to Championship and League One. You could have this conversation about Super League as well. Yeah, I mean, there's, that, there's teams that are spending sort of right up to the cap who could spend more, and then others who can't. Yeah. Well, hit then, it. You know, you like, you know, you look at Witness last season. Witness was spending nowhere near this salary cap. I think, I, my opinion is that you've got to decide, I think they've got to decide, do they want franchise clubs or do they want, what do you call it, traditional clubs or normal, yeah. normal clubs? Because it's like, is it really that beneficial for Super League or Rugby League if this season Toronto get promoted and London Broncos get relegated? Because, you know, the reason why Toronto or Ottawa or New York or whatever, while everyone's getting starry-eyed about them, is because they're big cities and people want them in Super League. But if you've still got promotion relegation, what happens if your big star is, you know, if Toronto finish bottom and get relegated? Do you, do you know what I mean? I'll still be honest here, though. I'd sooner see... Um, I know uh, Drew's normally a big advocate for anything expansionist. and You know, he does a, a great job with his blogs and stuff that he, he always puts out there. However... Uh, I, I would always like to see more natural expansionism. I know it takes longer, and there's got to be a long ball game with it, but ultimately, you know, this is like when, when I was away in Serbia, the most encouraging thing was seeing Serbians play in rugby league. Yeah, and, that, and that's the part. We had, a, we had another conversation about academies, didn't we, Dave, where <laughs> the bottom line is, is the more teams there are, there needs to be more players, and if the new clubs aren't bringing players through, and I know there's the argument that it takes years and years, which is fine, but yeah, I do think there's a there's a very blurred line, isn't there, between sort of someone with a load of money signing a load of Aussies and English players yes. to play in a big city, compared to say an Alan Robinson at Coventry who's trying to grow rugby league in Coventry. Because that's expansion for me, because yeah. it's growing interest and he's getting players and they're producing players through other means. And they? while they them players aren't necessarily good enough to play Super League now, in five, ten, fifteen years they may bring through a Coventry-born player that can play a bit like what London have done. You know, if you said, even probably 20 years ago, you wouldn't have expected, say, McCarthy Scars, or Tone Club, Kieran Dixon, you know, them sort of players, Dan Sargeson, to have come through the London system and actually... And that's quite a... You know, these, these aren't bang average players. These are, like, decent quality from international standard players. But then there's definitely a difference, I think, between growing a team in an area organically and then growing the awareness and the recognition. So you look at someone like a Toronto or an Ottawa, who they'll, they'll go out and they'll spend, spend hundreds of thousands on different players. But at the end of the day, apart from getting getting decent crowds, it has to be said, especially Toronto, Lamport getting, what, seven 8,000, they're not really encouraging people in Canada to pick up a ball. We've not really seen much 
much of that happening. But I, think, and that, but I think that's where there's conflict with, between the two yeah. models. It's like yeah. you have the franchise model or do you have the the club model. I want to bring Lewis back into the conversation here because he sent us another message. He says, committing money to spend and average fans go hand in hand. There's too many clubs being run on a shoestring. Traditional clubs still offer loads to the game. Well, they are not the future if we are going to be a global sport. But again, what's the outcome of it? Are, well, we, after, are we after global domination? I think it's very naive because I think ultimately rugby league's existed for 120 years, whatever. So it's not as if it's a you know brand new, it's not been a secret for all that time. Every other sport in the world wants to be a global sport. You know, ultimately everyone's competing with football. And a lot of a lot of sports are far more advanced than rugby league. It's you know like like it's still it's still it quite it amazes me sometimes that people think rugby league should get this coverage by default, but rugby league isn't massively bigger than a lot. Of, you know like the internationals. Everyone always says, "Oh, you need a good international game." Well, they have internationals in ice hockey, they have internationals in basketball, they have internationals in whatever else. Like you know, Great Britain ice hockey have just been playing in the top division in the world in the world championships. Well. Have you seen that covered anywhere? It's barely been anywhere. So it's I don't free sports. Well, it? that's what I mean. Then. But but what I'm saying is, is just because you've got an international game doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to break through the traditional means of, you know, what gets covered and what doesn't. It's a great point, Lewis. Though, and I, I love your comments. So do keep them coming in. Maybe one or two other things for you to ponder if you're thinking of sending us a message uh, this afternoon. Rugby League the Musical. Yeah, I'm going to hit the street credit here. I've been watching the Elton John film just a couple of days ago. Rocket Man. Um, and yes, it's a musical. Did you not carry his piano when he was playing at Lee? <laughs> Listen, there's a, lot of thing, there's a lot of things that I've got carried at Lee that I've carried at Lee. But <laughs> Elton John's piano is not one of them. I bet you could probably hear it from your house anyway. Did you not go? The wind was in the opposite direction. And to be honest, I was in Whitehaven that particular weekend. Oh, right. Yeah, Lee was playing away at Whitehaven, so I missed it. You missed a candle in the wind guy there, didn't you, really? Could've... Oh. Are you going to chuck a candle in the wind oh, it's guy? Too late it's too late now. It's a moment gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. There's a bit of tumbleweed that sort of blowing across the back there. <laughs> um, right. Um, so, yeah. I want Rugby League the Musical. What songs would you put in there? I'm going to open this out to you two guys because you were having a good think because I, I gave you a, a good 45 minutes to think about this before. My one was Money, Money, Money. Uh-huh. It's a rich man's world. Yeah. That was mine. Uh, Which, yes. to be fair, they could play in preview of uh, Witness Toronto later on <laughs> in the season. That would be a good uh, theme tune for that match. I'll say I'm sure. I'm sure that there's a lot of good suggestions. Uh, Drew had a fantastic suggestion, yeah. which was uh, "Stop crying your heart out" by Oasis. Now this could be attributed to quite a few people. Yeah. You know, currently, um, Yestinaris isn't having. Yeah, Yestinaris. Yeah, isn't having the best of time in rugby league. He's not involved. Uh, <laughs> is he a shout for a new Leeds coach, Dave? Well, no, he, he kind of fit. He kind of fit in, wouldn't he, with the old boy and everything that's But Kevin Sinfield isn't having the best of luck over there at Leeds, is he? Um, you could also attribute it to Adrian Lamb and the fact that Wigan aren't really doing much this season. Uh, Drew's not responding. He's, he's not doing very well. There. What about, what about, I, I, I've just thought another one. We could have schools out, but for rules out. For the witness uh, connection there. But they don't rules out. They don't play by rules, don't they? Do they? Oh, never mind. <laughs> That's another thing. thing. That's another thing. Um, so yeah. So any suggestions of any songs that uh, have a tenuous rugby league connection? I don't just want Tina turns the best sort of cropping up there. Well, right. Ali, Ali, Ali. Ali, Ali, Ali. 
Sheffield Eagles 16, Toronto Wolfpack 42, Swinton Lions 22, Dewsbury Rams 17, Toulouse Olympic 44, Lee Centurion 16, and Whitney Vikings 12, York City Knights 16. For me, there's a couple of outstanding results there, particularly Featherstone Rovers. Yeah. Um, and we have got another discussion point, but Dane Chisholm, absolutely outstanding in that one. Um, they must have good halfbacks at Bradford if they can afford to get rid of Dane Chisholm, is all I'm going to say. Um, and, and while we're on just talking about Bradford, in the whole mergers thing, seeing as Andrew Charms has brought it up, why don't they merge with Leeds? Leeds Bradford, they've already got an airport after them. They could have it on the front of the shirts. They could, they could, they could. Um, but uh, yeah, the other result for me... They could be nicknamed the Flyers. They could. <laughs> the other result that kind of stands out for me, Swinton Lions, they're a team on form, two out of two so far. Well, I mean, when was the last time they won back-to-back games? Well, it's been a while since, hasn't it? It was a while ago. Um, I'm glad yeah, to see them doing Swinton well. Swinton having a dig, aren't they? They're having a dig. Yeah, I'm glad um, to see them doing well in form picking up. The same can't be said at the moment for Rochdale Onyx. They've got a bit closer over recent weeks, but seem to have taken a step 42 back. 42-10 at our time, wasn't it? They yeah. seem to have taken Absolutely a step shocking. back in that one. They've signed a lot of players from the amateur game who are looking uh, to uh, make their way. Apparently fitness levels were appalling, I believe, from when Matt Callan took over, he said. All right, okay. um, the fitness level of the players was, was appalling, so uh, um, it might have taken a bit of time to... There's one of my mates from the recent Lancashire tour, Zach Baker, who's been signed, who made his debut at the weekend. He's a, a halfback. Can also They've also signed Oscar Thomas, haven't they, on loan from Swindon, which is a strange one. Yeah, but or, or not quite f- as strange as Martin Ridyard to Huddersfield, but sort of along them lines. To, be, to be fair, though, I mean, Oscar Thomas has rarely featured for Swindon. He's just been sitting on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they made a massive deal of him when they signed him. He was going to be the star man, and then. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing too bad without him, are they? On Swinton, yeah. they've won back-to-back games. Well, they're, creep, they're creeping away from the from the relegations. They, they obviously don't rate him too much because they're obviously not expecting him to inspire Rochdale to many wins. Uh, talk about inspirational. There's a couple of inspirational players that are playing for Barrow, and I'm really happy that we can talk about Barrow in more glowing terms, particularly for Dave Taylor because I think he, he likes us talking about Barrow. Um, you picked what out one guy a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah, well, Tobo Pereira Junior, who's been. I think he's flying under the radar at the club. He's been a linchpin to what they're, they're trying to do this year. He's quick around the rook. I said he, he reminded me a bit of Brad Dwyer in the way that he's, he's quick, he's good with ball in hand, and especially at the, at the summer bash, he was arguably their best player. And a hat-trick just at the weekend for star growth, Armin as well, yeah. who is a, a fantastic centre, great name, by the way. Brilliant. But yeah, the, the PNG contingent are doing well there, obviously. Willie Minogue is. Is, is still not back at the minute. He's not, not back at the moment. Not too sure. But, he's, but they he's have a, got Alex Asino as well. Yeah, so they've got, they've got a good contingent there. And now, there's a, there's a song, you know, Susunio. Back of the There you go, that got a better reaction. That got a better reaction. I'm still trying to get over that name. What was it? Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. 
Star, I think you should name your first born son Stargrove Dave. Star, <laughs> Stargrove Parkinson. We could be waiting a long time. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows anyone called Stargrove, give us a leave us a comment. Yeah, well, we do. Well, apart from from him. Him. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other things that have kind of caught your eye, maybe from the the, the weekend just got? Uh, I think going back to the Swinton game, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Obviously. We've all probably seen about the aftermath of when of one of the uh, tries in the second half of Sammy Kabula, who obviously something's gone on behind behind the celebrations, allegedly with the ball boy, and there's a lot of players powering in. You, you wonder what what will come out of that, but it didn't it didn't look too good from the footage. Um, witness, how were they? Um, witness were pretty poor on Sunday. It has to be said. They, oh. they scored two tries. They scored two tries basically off York's mistake. I think York, I think Robinson dropped the ball in goal off a kick through and Witness touched down and then um, Will Oaks dropped. I think the fullback collected a kick, passed to Will Oaks, Will Oaks dropped it, Joe Lines picked up and, and ran through and scored and Witness just lacked ideas and attack and um, yeah, so pretty pretty lackluster from Witness. I think they're, yeah. they're obviously missing you know, they, were, they had a pretty threadbare squad as it was, and obviously missing Jack Don't Owens. Don't him as well, I think. Jack, <laughs> Jack, Jack Owens was uh, missing, and obviously Gellin's still missing. And I think I think if you put them two back in the team, you'd imagine they, that's the sort of game. They win, you know, Witness have lost, you know, I think they've lost six of the last eight now. Um, but if you look at those games, yeah. they've not, apart from Lee, the Lee game, they've not lost by a lot they've been they've lost by one they've lost by two they've lost by four a couple of times they lost by seven so they're obviously not far away you know we could quite easily be sat here and they could have won all them games do you know what i mean so i think um, i think they're just lacking a bit of nows personally yeah just just a bit of creativity back i i've said this elsewhere i wonder whether witness is suffering the bradford effect because they've rattled off all them points that they got deducted. Yeah. And then Bradford did exactly the same thing where then they yeah, struggled. It's, yeah, it's like you, you set you, you set your goal to get to zero and then you put the you, it's almost like you you know, you think you've We've done it. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the reality is is ultimately that's the first step of the ladder, isn't it, basically? Yeah. You know, you look at I I genuinely thought Witness could have got back to the top five, but then the the games that they've lost, you know, they've still not lost they've they've only been losing with all due respect. I mean York doing well, but with all due respect to the other teams, they've lost games that you would would have put down as you'd expect them to win. You know, you'd expect them to beat Dewsbury at home. I know Batley's tough, but you'd expect them to beat Batley, wouldn't you? And you'd expect you'd probably expect them to beat York, you know, it, you know, being being honest. So I mean they're losing to a lot of sides that are around them in the table now as well, aren't they? So I think, you look I mean, at I think, over recent weeks and you know, Batley and Dewsbury have both managed victories. I don't think that I don't think they'll be I don't think Witness will be in relegation trouble. Um here's where you can have a go at me for a change, you know. I mean Lee went to, to lose and got the backsides and did back to him on it's the plate, a, to it's, honest, inter- so. it's interesting because Toulouse and Lee I think are probably the Tony and Feverston are going very well. But Toulouse and Lee, you watch them some weeks and you think but then other weeks they'll, they'll toss in a result that you're a bit surprised at. But Toulouse do start, seems to get momentum. They understand that they're talking with Rugby Union about ground sharing there, should they get promoted yeah. to Super League. It, you know, they were unlucky last year. It'd be massive, massive, I think, for the game if Toulouse can go up this year. Um, massive for France, not sure about the game. Well, you know what I mean. 
Um, you know, I, I think if you look at results. I don't think Lee will be losing much sleep about losing away to run. Uh, and to be fair, I mean, Toulouse have been generally putting forty points on everybody that they play yeah. over there, haven't they? But, but know, then so. they have been getting uh, over here. There've been a couple of games where they've not turned up. Go back to the the summer bash game against Toronto. Obviously, Toronto are a good opposition, but to, it, they made Toronto not have to work for that win in the fact that. They picked up a few tries early on in the Wolfpack, pack, and then there was no there was no real coming back. I think you're looking at Toronto will be first, and Toulouse will be second. I think they sacked him. Yeah, and I think Featherstone looking pretty good at the moment. I think I think it'll be. I think you'll have to fall away at some point. I think it'll be Featherstone, Lee. Do you think Sheffield will still? No, I think I think York and Sheffield will just miss out. So maybe Halifax pushing back in. Yeah, so I, I, I think about Bradford also. Uh, I mean, Bradford obviously wobbled a little bit. I mean, it's going to be interesting what happens in Challenge Cup this week because I think Bradford have suffered a little bit of Challenge Cup hangover, haven't they? They beat Leeds yeah. and they've, they've been pretty poor, haven't they, in two Championship games since. Just one point back on witness. We've uh, had a message from Michelle. Thank you very much. She says, the problem is we have too many young kids who are being out-muscled by older heads. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think... Yeah, to an extent, I think Witness are missing half, a half back. But then, yeah, if I was to sign two players for that Witness team, I'd sign a half back and, a, and probably a, an older forward. See, I've got to be honest, you know, um, I, I'm going to be seeing Witness myself on Friday night when they're playing yeah. against Sheffield. Um, I expected the Chapel House to both be much, much better at Championship level than they I, have been. I've, I've not read much about well, them. Well, I think they've done okay. They've, done, they've been steady. I think I, I compare them to, you know, that Jim Gannon. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember Jim Gannon? Yeah. He's like he was a good player though. No, was... but no, but I'm saying I'm not saying. Well, I'm not. Well, I don't think the chap the chap has a bad players. I'm just saying that they're quite they're steady. They never, you know, they never burst onto the ball from the kickoff like a Joe Philbin or you know breaking through a tackle and getting their arm free. But they'll make yards, get up and play the ball and and tackle and and that's a bit like Jim Jim Gannon used to call him inches because he used to he used to make a couple of meters every set. Every every hit up, but you'd never be you'd be never doing twenty yards or getting up with a quick play of the ball, whatever. So, I think I think they've done all right. I think I think they've done okay. It's just it's just a forward pack as a whole. I think of just being dominated because there's no real game in the last few weeks where because obviously I've been to a few of the witness games like you've been to most of them, and there's there's not been a game really where you've looked at it and thought. Right, they they dominated the forward battle. It's always been a case of looking like men against boys in that department. They need so I'd say they just need so, like someone horrible in there, you know, like Ben Westwood, someone like that. <laughs> like like Leo Gareth, like saying Gareth Hock. You know, I know he's a few weeks away from fitness. Guys isn't horrible. I've interviewed him. No, he's, no, he's, he's a lovely chap. I've got a lot to have Gareth Hock, but ultimately he's the sort of person you want. If there's a little bit like Lee, some of a good example where I think one of the chap lads got roughed up on the floor, didn't he? Yeah. By one of the Lee lads. Toby Adams, then it was, yeah. No, case not, to answer. But no one, which was a terrible deceit. <laughs> but, but, but you know what I mean? Whereas Lee have got a few, you know, there was no like grunt about what, witness after what's that. What's that? A few? No, you know, no, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, a, few. a few old heads, a few, you know, they want to, they don't mind sticking it in a little bit, whereas, I don't know. But at the same time, I, I, yeah, I think witness are lacking probably two players at the moment. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, let's move on before we come to blows. Or let's get Adamson should have been banned. Let's be honest. Oh, he shouldn't. But he should have got a game for that. Yeah, he got away with one. I think. He got away. Or at least got simping during the game. Hashtag game's gone soft. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if you heard that, Drew. Hashtag games gone soft, Derbyshire over there. Right? Okay. Um, so just the one championship fixture as well on Friday night, <laughs> which is that one involving uh, Witness and Sheffield. Sheffield. Uh, and then it's onward and upward for the 1895 Cup, isn't it? Which comes into focus this weekend. Um, Should we explain what's going to happen if, um, or do you want me to explain, I should say, what's going to happen if a championship team gets through? In the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can do. Do you know what's going to happen? I'd imagine they play midweek sometime again, wouldn't they? Well, no, so what happens is, no, because obviously they're worried about the final, the Championship team gets a Challenge Cup final. Well, they not just pick the people at the beat. No, so them. what they're doing is, if Bradford or Halifax reach the 895 Cup semi final, their semi final, because they're, they're due to be played on the same weekend as the Challenge Cup semi final. So what they do, they move the 1895 Cup semi-final to the Wednesday. Mm -hmm. what I expected. Yeah, but, yeah, but there's a twist to it. If Halifax or Bradford were to win their semi-final in the Challenge Cup and get to the Challenge Cup final, right. then the semi-final on the Wednesday would be between whoever's got to it, minus Bradford or Halifax, against the loser of the first semi-final on Sunday. You with me? <laughs> so let's say like, right, let, let, we'll pick we'll pick Witness and Lee. Let's say the semi finals are Witness and Lee, Bradford and Feverston. Yeah? Okay. But if Bradford, that, if that's Brad, it, if but I, Bradford get through to the semi final. No, yeah, yeah. Witness Lee, Bradford and Feverston, and Bradford get through to the Challenge Cup semi final. Bradford and Feverston will get rearranged to the Wednesday night. But if Bradford win their Challenge Cup semi final and get to the final, then Witness will play Lee. Let's say Lee beat Witness. Yeah. Witness would then play against Featherston in the other semi final uh, on the Wednesday. Ah, right, okay, okay. So they just get taken out of the equation altogether. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, obviously, the, I've seen a few negative comments about this saying, oh, well, the RFL ignored the rest of it. No, it's not all about Super League. But I've researched this, and I didn't know whether you might know, Dave. When was the last time a non top flight team reached the Challenge Cup final? Because it's, it's not happened in the Super League era. I went back to about 1980s and got bored, 1980 and got bored and stopped looking. I wonder when the Featherstone were... Uh, when I thought that, was that in 84, 83, something like that? Like I thought that, but were they I couldn't see any I think they were. I think I read that they were They were expecting to be fighting against relegation from the first division. Right, okay. And they had a cup run and they survived and that was like it. They got to the final. So, so, so as much as... You know, as much as everything's a con has to be a conspiracy, you can't really have a go at the RFL for saying, for ex you know, for thinking, well, actually, the likelihood of a championship team they is remote. They had to think of a contingency, didn't they? No, and that's what they've come through, but I just think it's a bit harsh to criticise them for... I have to admit, I've not seen much criticism of it. Oh, well, that, well, I only say that because I've seen a post on our Facebook page, actually, on the story okay. we did, I think we did a story on Wednesday or whatever it was, and someone just absolutely hammered the RFL and it was just like, come on. At least they're coming up with ideas of how to work around it, should that scenario I happen. mean, it'd be absolutely typical rugby league, wouldn't it, if Bradford didn't, or Halifax didn't make the final. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a great story. It'd be wouldn't funny, it? wouldn't it? Yeah. It would. uh, I mean, it could, I mean, I, I mean, you look at the Super League teams left and you think, well, they'd struggle. It's not like, look, with all due respect, there's not a, there's not an easy beat Super League team left in it. Yeah. If London Broncos, or, or Leeds, we're in it, <laughs> and Bradford got them semis. They might have a chance of the final, but... Uh, so, 1895 Cup Round 2, uh, Batley against Rochdale, Dewsbury against Swinton, Lee against Workington, Oldham against Doncaster, which we mentioned before, York play Newcastle Thunder, 
and then the games that are happening next Wednesday which I'm sure we'll be able to touch upon next week Barrow against Bradford Halifax against Sheffield Witness against Featherstone I don't fancy Witness's chances over this next week well I mean I was thinking about this do Featherstone are Featherstone that bothered about the 89-5 Cup would they rather focus on getting the top five well the players would be bothered wouldn't they because every player dreams of playing at Wembley don't they so. can you not have both dreams well no, impossible, I, I you know, we, keep being, we keep being told that you can't I, 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 I just wonder whether Feverston might look at that and think actually I'd rather we focused on whoever playing the league on Sunday whereas for Witness I think the 89.5 Cup realistically all Witness can do this year yeah. um, I'd still look his songs for up in the musical by the way this isn't going away Um the other thing, who, who, who was the host of the draw for this? How did Lee get such an easy draw, Dave? Oh, I can assure you there wasn't any hot or cold involved. And I was quite surprised. Word, impartial. I was quite surprised when they, like, they came out first. If you noticed, I gave reaction and sort of like played in such and such a thing last time, played at Wembley, blah, 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 for everybody else but Lee because they came out the hat first, so they wasn't expecting it. <laughs> oh, Lou. Oh. Yeah, but you were just you were just paused because you were like, oh, I wonder who they're gonna get, I wonder who they're gonna get. <laughs> I was excited. Yeah, I was excited. Yeah, yeah. I was excited by the draw. <laughs> you can't take that away from. No, me. we're very proud. You know, of it. there it was, shirt and tie. Yeah, we see it's your new Twitter profile pic oh, as yeah. well these yeah. days, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still a decent picture that was, isn't it? To be <laughs> um, right. <laughs> Let's us move on. Uh, Magic weekend. How was it for you? All right. <laughs> I just, I mean, to me, I don't, I mean, obviously I'm not a, I'm not the target market, I suppose, for it. To me, it makes no odds to me whether it's at Anfield, whether it's at Newcastle, whether it's in Scotland, it makes no odds to me because I'm just going to the ground and watching three rugby matches. I, hang on, hang on, you made so much fuss about the week before going over to uh, the Camp New or the New Camp, depending on whether you, <laughs> you, you agree with Pat. Well, no, but I think you made so much fuss about that, uh, and you're telling me you've gone to Anfield now, you're like, yeah, just another week then. <laughs> <laughs> I think three games is too many. I, I mean, I like rugby, but sitting to watch three games back to back is just a bit much. To be fair, it's difficult for you with these 45 minutes at our chats that we have, isn't it, on a Thursday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you tend to be looking at No, but you know what I mean? I, I just think, I just think, I think two games would be enough mm-hmm. on a day. Um, so what would you do? Would you then spread it and go to somewhere else? Well, I mean, we've been having this, we've been having a few discussions. Is Do you do like what the NRL did, where they had sort of one, they had the same ground, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, didn't they? And they had like a game on a Thursday, a game on a Friday, a game yeah. on a Saturday, a game on a Sunday. Could you look at a bank holiday weekend and say, right, well, we'll have a game on the Thursday night, a game on the Friday night, two on the Saturday, two on the Sunday, two on the Monday, maybe get some championship teams involved, you know. Could you do that? You know, I I sat on Saturday night, Wigan-Warrington, and I looked at it and I thought, if you put this game on, Wigan-Warrington at Anfield, you'd get the crowd that the whole day got just for that game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, and it looks better because the problem you've also got with Magic is it's not a great advert for the sport because all the pitches have got loads of empty seats on because even if you sold Anfield out, which obviously you can't anyway, but let's just say they sold 50,000 tickets, it still look empty, any half uh, empty anyway, because not all of them will be in there at the same time. Where does that come down to? Is that is that the fault of Super League for not maybe pushing the tickets or not having no, an advertising just, campaign? Well, I think that's. I think the other thing is, is the clubs don't feel 
I mean, they, I might I might be wrong in saying this, but if it let's say if Warrington took a home game on the road to play Wigan, say at Anfield. Oh, we're back to the late nineties. Well, yeah, but you know yeah, what I mean. But that, is that more? The road are the club a bit more obliged to promote that game because it's there? I know the clubs have it's all got a share in Super League and Magic and all that, but I don't know. I, I yeah, I just think I don't know. There's just so I've never I've never quite Magic Weekend's never really sat right with me to mm. be honest. I'd really? rather like Rugby Union do yeah. the double headers really well, so yeah. like they'll take games to Twickenham. You know, they have like, the first game of the season's at Twickenham. They have London teams playing each other two games head to head there, and I just think you know you you know, like could you have had this year you could have had Lee Lee Witness Warrington Wigan as a double header, and then you could have had Bradford Halifax Leeds Castleford something as a double header, and, and I'd take take that sort of concept. Right. Okay. So, so, so you would be advocating maybe spreading it and involving the championship. Well, it's not necessarily. It's all about getting fans in, isn't it? And I think. I, th- I think the, the, issue, the, the issue they've got is obviously, or from my experience as well, that the fans who I was sat with were from a variety of clubs. What what you tended to find was they'd come in half an hour before their game, the game had finished, and they'd go. So they treat it like I said, like a one-off game. They treat it like it was just them playing. What you need is for fans who are going in and treating it as an as an event, yeah. which I don't I don't think we're getting that much of. Um, I was talking earlier in the week about how they could make it look better for TV. But it's 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 a hard way of doing it in the fact that no matter how many tickets it sells, it could sell forty thousand, fifty thousand. We're still going to get people who don't want to watch a Catalan versus a Wakefield or a Huddersfield be a Hull FC. They might just come in for say the last game of the play and then watch that game and then go home, which is the issue they're going to have because it's never it's never going to look full when I mean, you've got I'll, fans coming and going. I'll admit, you know, uh, I've I've worked a couple of these events in the past. I just stopped the game I was doing. Yeah, watched yeah. about twenty minutes of well, the next I, one. Come on! I the most I must admit the last experience I had when I went as a fan to Newcastle was dreadful because I'm I, my team played in the first game and I'm sat there and every five minutes I'm trying to watch the game. People are asking to walk past because they go in the bar or they go in the toilet and it's just it's not an it's not a, I didn't find it a very enjoyable experience and it's like are we a little bit you know why are people obsessing about what there's to do outside the ground all the time? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That that seems to be obsessional. There's nothing to do outside the ground. Well, we're not here. You know, we're not here for outside the ground. We're here because you meant to be here to watch three games of rugby. If you listen to the final Hoots podcast, I ask Adrian Jackson something similar about sort of the movement around the ground and going out and stuff. So um, get his views on that. I'm not going to repeat to him. Um, Lewis has joined us again. He said, "Magic is a money spinner for Super League." But is it though? Is it though? Do they make money off it? I'm it's not convinced. That they do. However, you jumped in. You jumped in oh, before he's finished his point. Sorry, this is what the light, Lewis. This is what the light. Games on the road is a much better idea. Having worked at Magic Weekends for the RFL, it's a long slog even for the most die-hard of the Billy fans. So I, he's agreeing with I, you. I, you know, I and, and I'm, I bear in mind as well that we're pretty look, well looked after in the media bit. You know, you, you've got a decent leg room. You can go downstairs, get a drink, whatever. Whereas, you know, sat in a, you know, in a plastic seat, three games in a in a normal seat. Well, no, I, I sent a message to you, didn't I? Say no. <laughs> What's the leg room like? Yeah, yeah, it's actually even that new stand that I'm feeling. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I just think I think if you if you put it on the clubs, so if like say if you said to the clubs right, you've got to take a game on the road, and it's up to them to market it as one of their home games. I think that you know you're giving them a bit more motivation to promote it and what have you. Um, and I think you know we tried the on road games in the late nineties. The reason why that happened is because it is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Now 
if you think about the way the world now compared to them, with social media, if you were to take Wigan Leeds to Coventry or whatever, you'd like to think that you had a better chance of getting people there because advertising and whatever, so yeah, there's a lot more around it, yeah, do you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, what, what would they have done in that? It'd have been in the paper maybe that they were playing there and, that, and unless the club invested a load of money in billboards or something around the city, but if you take Warrington, for example, they could focus their social media marketing on, say, Coventry to build up to that game. Yeah, could work. Uh, let's have a look more of the action. So, James, uh, standout performances for you. You can come at this from a team point of view. Yeah, I think I think in terms of team performance, I think it's got to be Huddersfield with that with that, that massive win. They were magnificent, I don't weren't think, they? Dino Lackintosh out of this world. They, they, were, they were very good, but I don't think... They were, they were they weren't world beaters. I think the fact that Hull FC were that poor, I think that made them look a lot better. They, admittedly, you had Adam O'Brien who had a fantastic game. Ollie Russell in the house was brilliant. Dana McIntosh, Shemaine McGilvery. They, they had a lot of good performers. That the four Pat Matagi had a very good game, but they were they were made to look good by a really poor Hull side. I fall in love with Huddersfield off that game. <laughs> I I I said. Oh, where you going? No, I said I said. Because obviously everyone talks about how bad Hull were, and, and they were, but I I think Huddersfield were really good. I think I think they look I think they look like they've got potential that team. They need they still need a couple of they still need a couple of signings. But to go from they've been they've struggled the last few years, haven't they? Because they've been tight on salary cap and and whatever. And obviously that's a rebuild. A few youngsters coming through. If they can get a couple of quality players. Gaskell as well. What about been very good. Gaskell? Been brilliant. And he, you know, him in that current lead side. Yeah, 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 but he's a good player. He's just not had the best of luck, has he? And if he if he can stay, you know, <coughs> he, he, he control things pretty well. I like Russell. Um, I thought Matagi, Matagi, and uh, Akuma Tai. I thought they yeah. they were brilliant. I thought the way they hit the ball up and you know they really set the example. But O'Brien was exceptional. I think O'Brien benefited because Hull. Obviously, didn't have Danny Horton, did they? Yeah, yeah. And O'Brien just absolutely ran the game. I know, I know talking about Gaskell as well, it's, I don't think it's any surprise that he's come to the forefront now that Matty Crawley's been out of the team a little bit. Cause of, I don't know what it was. How does Crawley get back in? He must have got perhaps from Russell, I think. But, and I think, and I think that's a good example of where maybe a Huddersfield or clubs like that go wrong sometimes is that you've got Oliver Russell there, who's yeah. proved now he's more than capable of playing with Lee Gaskell, not Crawley, who hasn't really got much pedigree, has he? You know, in comparison to other Super League halfbacks, so I'm like, you know, you look at that team, and I just think, you know, you've got you've got the benefit of McGilvery, Kudjo, Michael Lawrence there, so they've they've been in that successful Huddersfield team. You know, there's a new breed of youngsters coming through. You know, Matty English is we've seen a few times the Championship. He's he's a steady a steady forward as well. Alex Meller as well. Yeah, Alex Meller is off contract. They need yeah. to keep hold of him. Um, they've got Chester Butler coming in as well. Um, they've got Oliver, James is a big fan. Oliver, they've got Oliver Roberts. You know, they've got a decent. You know, I, I think I mentioned this in a in a call this week. They need to. What they need is they need Kevin Brown types. You know, they need two or three signings of established Super League experience players like Kevin, like when they have Kevin Brown and mm-hmm. you know, maybe 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 someone you know maybe an experienced centre or something like that. I mean, Jordan Turner, to be fair to him, was not a not a bad play but I honestly think if they if they get the next two or three signings right I think we'll just go compete at top five definitely yeah yeah um, what, what what I will say here is that we've got birthday wishes not also to Pastor Lucy whose birthday it is Happy birthday Lucy but also 
All sorts of the senior brothers. Sounds like we've got a crowd. <laughs> Don't you? I'm, I'm liking the light. Is it the senior brother's birthday today? It is, yeah. That didn't make it into rugby league today. It's, it's, it's Andy, Far- Andy Farrell's birthday today. Oh, well, it's... It's not to do with Wigan, is it? So Drew's been writing that. He's got no chance no, of this. In, in fact, it's Andrew Farrell's birthday and it's also the 1999 Man of Steel with his birthday. What might be Well, I'm Adrian Vowles, yes, indeed. Adrian Vowles. Yes, but my birthday is the most important There you go, so yeah, so at least he's treating us all afterwards. Yeah, Nando's Warrington if anyone's around. And there's cake. And the, there is a lot of cake in this house, is it? Oh, when you bite. James is paying. Uh, I'll run through the other results fairly quickly. Castleford 16, St. Albans 36, Catalan Dragons 25, Wakefield 18. We've already spoken about Huddersfield 55, Hull 2. Hull Kingston Rovers 22, Salford Red Devils 20, Leeds Rhinos 24, London Broncos 22. They actually got a win. Uh, and Warrington Wolves 26, Wigan Warriors 14. I put a tweet out uh, midway through that St. Helens and Castleford game, mm. just asking when St. Helens were going to join the NRL because they just looked so much better than anybody else in Super League. It, it was a really sort of boring game, <laughs> they, just got, they, they found it too easy, didn't they? Was, I think the problem you've got with the Magic Weekend is obviously you build up to the biggest game at the end and then when it's just a bit of a damp squib, it's a bit like... Oh, but it's taking I mean? nothing away from St. No, 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 that, no, is no, it? You know, but... It was like watching a Toronto game. They were playing with their opposition. Really. They're, they're, they're making it look a bit easy, aren't they? The fact that, that what they can do with bow in hand at the minute and the, the, the cohesion between their, the spine of their team, between Coote, you've got the, the half-backs, even the, the forwards chiming in, yeah, low max, the, the way that they're all linking up together, it's I been think, brilliant to see. I think the thing with St. Ellen is now they've got to win mm. one of the finals this year, haven't they? Because they've been so dominant. If you do win something, is that just an normal cop or do you reckon it'll stop anyway? I mean, um, he's given a little bit of an indication on the latest final news podcast. I think he'll stay. I think he'll stay. I think he'll stay next season because I think he'll do if they win Super League this year, do the World Cup Challenge next year, try and follow it up. And then, I mean, obviously, it all depends on what jobs come up in in the NRL. And you know, I I I, I still think they've got a bit more in him yet. Uh, Drew's been asked to make a bit of a guest appearance, so we can hear him from the background here. Um, Lewis has asked if if Greenwood's injury is a bit of karma because he reckons that he's turned into a right grub since he's gone to Wigan. Um, <laughs> so you're just getting a big smile, Lewis. You just. Getting a big <laughs> smile. I mean, in a, in a serious, a serious note, though, I presume that you know he obviously went off at the new camp and went off early at Anfield. Did they risk? Was he a was he a bit of a flight risk for Anfield? I thought Wigan did okay against Warrington. To be fair, I thought they defended pretty well. Uh, they were, uh, were they the better team? Like Adrian Lamb suggested. Or no, they were, were, are you... I thought I thought I thought Wigan defended. I think Wigan defended very, as good as I've seen them defend for a long time. They only conceded three tries. They got they got very unlucky didn't they, in the second half where they had a bit of pressure and then the bounce of the ball fell to Warrington and Toby King's gone length for the field and that sort of broke the game. You never felt Wigan were capable of scoring many points, but and, and you know Sean Wayne's teams were all built on defence, and I think maybe Adrian Lamb's maybe beginning to regret his statement at the start of the year where it's like, well, we're going to play a nice attacking brand of rugby. In my opinion, it's like, well, it's not about style rugby you play, is it? It's about winning, winning the game, and as well that they're not going to play an attractive, easy on the eye style rugby to watch when they're leaving someone like Jared Samet on the bench. 
and starting Sean O'Loughlin at seven. O'Loughlin is a good is a good forward, he's a good good ball player forward, but he's he's, he's not a starting no, Super League number not, seven. He's not nibble. Did you say yeah, past yeah, him? He's, he's, I'm trying to get Did a nibble. Did you say O'Loughlin? He's trying to get a nibble out of Drew, but he's I not. mean, I, I have to, I mean, me Bro. and Myself and Drew have had this same conversation about Sean O'Loughlin, and to be honest, a lot of other people have uh, had this same. I, I, he's a he's a he's a, a force that's on the way. No, I think, I think I think there's still a place for him in the Wigan team, but just not a scrum half. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely yeah, not yeah, a scrum half. That's for sure. That's for sure. Boy, anyway, fourth prop, yeah. fullback, wing, centre. <laughs> I think I think Wigan are a lot better with him on the pitch than they are without him. But then at the same time, I think. You know, you waste. You wonder why they don't score. They're not scoring many points. If he's, I think the other thing I noticed about Wigan is they seem to change the team quite a lot. Yeah. You know, week on week, there's always a lot of shift in the team. You know, there's a lot of personnel changes, and I always wonder whether that's it, whether that harms them a little bit. We talked Blake Costin up more than once on this yeah. show. Um, again, I thought he came up with the, the, the te- some real telling contributions in that. His try was brilliant. Yeah, he had a he had a good magic weekend, and is. It's one of them who's performed well all season, I think, and the big the big games he seems to seem to come out at Anfield. Obviously, when he when he played away at Saint Helens, he was marked out of the game basically. When when Saints came up triumphant, he, he didn't have a chance to get hold of the ball. Whereas at Anfield, he, he was really good, and I think he showed just why Warrington spent the big money on him. Okay, um, I want you to ponder this one a little bit because uh, who's been your shrewdest signing? I'm thinking this with regards. Uh, Dane Chisholm, who we mentioned before, since he's gone in at Featherstone, they've gone on to another level in the championship. Yeah. Uh, so, who mm. who would be your sort of shrewdest signings of the season? I think the, the the obvious one for me, I think Lachlan Coop. Obviously, is when he when he came over, he had big big shoes to fill. Ben Barbary was absolutely sensational last year, and Lachlan Coop's a different kind of player. And people were maybe thinking he was possibly the cheap option, maybe not the right option that Saints should have gone for in the off season. But I think everyone who's doubted his ability to be one of their better players has been proved wrong. He's scoring every game, and assisting every game. He fits into that sales spine seamlessly. The, the way that the way that they shift the ball is brilliant. They're so cohesive, and you, you, I don't think there's a facet to his game whereby he's not he's not got anything. He's, he's good in every department. Defensively, is is sound as they come, and he's got brilliant attacking, and that's just backing up and reinforcing why he's arguably been one of the best players this year. James? Um, it's a very good question, Dave. <laughs> you did that same face when I asked you first of all. I know, I mean, Coop's a fair shout, but then I suppose when, you, when you're signing big money players, you expect them to, to, to come good. I think you look at you look at Catalan, and you look at who they... <laughs> what's he whispering to me? The, the ball. ball? The ball, Joe Bullock. Oh, Joe Bullock, yeah. He's a good shout. shout. I was going to say, I, I think Tomkins is a good... I think Tomkins will always be injured. I think he just adds a bit of aura to Catalan that they didn't have. But what about Matt Whitley? Matt yeah. Catalan. Because yeah. he been getting he's been playing every week. He's one, he? yeah. he's, he's one of the top tacklers. He's one of the top tacklers. He's a good job him, to be yeah, honest. And I, well, that's what I mean. So he's a bit of a... He's full of a bit of I wouldn't have signed him if I was Catalan. He doesn't really fit in with their... If you look at the Catalan, a typical Catalan's pack, has he been playing more centre though? No, he's, he's been playing back row, so he's like, you know, I think you wouldn't necessarily fit him into the pack at Catalan, but obviously he works hard, tackles well. He got ran. He played at centre against Salford and got really ran over by Jake Bibby. Um, 
But when I've seen him in the pack, he's, I think he's, he's definitely better in the back row than at centre. OK. Um, finally, Challenge Cup this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so what what are your thoughts on Hull these Catalan. games? So Hull oh. Catalan starts us off. Being an interesting one. Catalan. I, I'd say Catalan, but it depends how... They've got Challenge Cup fever, haven't they? Challenge Cup yeah. fever. They won for... Well, to be fair, Hull have got loads of motivation for this, haven't they? Because obviously they got tonked last week. They got tonked at home by a Catalan in the league a few weeks ago. So... If they can't, I think there could be a bit of pressure on Lee Radford if they don't win this one. Mm, interesting. Uh, Friday sees Hulkingston Road as folks Warrington. I, I go Warrington, but I think it could be a close one. I know Warrington are obviously taking it seriously. They've named an unchanged, unchanged squad, so yeah, I, I, I think. think I think Warrington will win, but I do think it'll be. I think Hulkey will give them a good run. Yeah. Saturday sees St Helens take on Wakefield. Saints. Yeah, Saints will run over with that one. Uh, and Sundays, this is a real interesting one for me. Bradford against Halifax. I think Bradford. I think Bradford have got to because of the way yeah. they played in the league. I think the way they played in the league in the two weeks since they beat Leeds is all pointing towards the focus on the cup match. Yeah. Um, you know, John Kay loves it, doesn't he? John Kay loves Challenge Cup. He'll, he'll be thinking, if we knock these off, we're in this double-header at, at Bolton for the semi-final. If we, can, if we get drawn against Catalan or Hull or whoever... We'll fancy it. Just before we go, just a couple more points which you've uh, kindly added for us. So, um, Lewis has said Matt Davis at the wire. He reckons yeah. he's flew under the radar. He's, wait, he's had to wait for his yeah, chance. He's, not played many games, he's, he's not played many, but now he's got in the team. Yeah, we'll Paul Harrison has said uh, Matt Davis and Jake Marmel as well. Maybe he's starting to get a few games under yeah, his belt. Yeah. Uh, one, I, one I was. Um, who's on about now? Joey, Joey Lossie. He's Marvin Joey. Yeah, but he signed last season. He can't have him. Well, they all sound like short Drew's missing out for a technicality. What about what Chris Ninu? He's been decent. He's gone Salford. Chris Ninu isn't actually a bad shout. He's been very good since he's gone to Salford. I think you said he kicked 29 or 31 goals, I think, before the weekend, which is a fair. Yeah. Um, did, he, did he get 31 attempts at Witness? That's this. It's difficult, isn't it? Because there's not been. The, there wasn't a lot of move. There's not. You don't feel like there's been a lot of move. You know, when you're trying to think of players that have moved, it's difficult, isn't it? You don't necessarily. You know, you don't necessarily. You th- you, there's obviously players that are stepping up. Jordan Atwell's been good for Woman. Paul's, Paul's also given a good shout to Jason Clark as well. He's been a machine since he's gone in at one. He's, he's been all right. It's not been. It's not been. Ooh, I, ooh that was a bit. Oh, ooh, ooh, controversial ooh. comment, James, at the end. No, yeah, we'll, right. have, we'll have to clip that and send it into uh, <laughs> Warrington. It's been alright. It's got this Steve Price will be on the office blower. Oh. <laughs> and just as long as he's not conducting that same tackle technique, you know, Wolfie at the weekend. Oh, that's, that's, that's a six-man the, the, the best thing about that was how Wolfie had his head on the back. Right <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, that's us just about done this thing for this episode of Love Rugby League Weekly in association with our sponsors, Betfred. Uh, we'll be back again very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.